morning in the practice, we'll expand the field of metta to include uh, what's traditionally known as the enemy. It's a little bit of a strong word. Um, We use the word difficult person. Because we have to remember that the person isn't necessarily inherently difficult, just we're having difficulty with them. We often think if someone's difficult that it's their problem. It's often just our subjective experience or perception. So this is always an interesting place to um, work within the practice because uh, it's the place that we often least want to open our heart. It's a place where often our heart's closed to someone because of some experience, some pain, some difficulty in the past or present. And as you've seen, we've started from moving from what's easy, sending matter to ourselves or benefactor to slightly more challenging categories. Um, So we keep that same principle working with a difficult person. We don't choose our number one public enemy. We don't choose the hardest, most painful person in our life to start wishing metta to. We start with somebody who's mildly irritating. (laughs) Someone who's just a little annoying to us or a little difficult, aggravating. Or it could be somebody, you know, people move around the the categories, as as you may notice. So it could be a good friend. It could be a family member. It could be a partner or ex-partner who has shifted from the love object to the difficult object. So you all know who that is. So um, so starting out with some, so when we come to that category, calling someone to mind that's, um, that's workable, that you're not going to get completely consumed in um, the difficult feelings that might be operating at this time. So it's also important to to really see the subjectivity of our perceptions of this person, that just because we're having difficulty, this person still, like us, is human, wants to be happy, wants to be loved, wants to be, feel peace, that they're worthy of that, that it's their birthright, that they still have good qualities that we might not be able to see because of what's happening between us, that they still have goodness, innate goodness. Sometimes I imagine this person also as a younger person, as a child. Oh yeah, they were also once a baby, innocent, curious, playful, And somebody somewhere probably loves them. Sometimes that can be really hard to see. (laughs) But it's probably true. You might have parents or children who love them, friends. Some people might admire them. What do you know? 
So with this person particularly, it's easy to get lost in uh, stories, uh, dramas, you know, especially if it's a conflictual relationship. It's very easy for the mind, you know, we start, we say one phrase and then we're off. You know, we're, do, we're doing that round of arguments. He said that and she said that. And well, then when I come back with that and when I get off the retreat, I can't wait to say this and the other. And um, So we notice, oh, thinking, thinking, thinking. Let go of the thoughts. If the, if the story is uh, not that strong, we can let go of the thoughts and come back to the person, come back to the phrases. If it's stronger than that, sometimes we have to let go of the phrases for some moments or temporarily and feel what's happening. Because often when, we, when we're working with people that we're having difficulty with, it triggers stuff. Feelings, anger, irritation, fear, resentment, triggers our wounds. And so in that moment, we bring the metta to ourselves. It's like, oh, in this moment, I'm suffering. There's, there's fear, there's anger, there's sadness, there's loss, there's disappointment, there's all the stuff that can get triggered. So we, so we hold ourselves in that moment with kindness so we can let the person go and just do metta practice for ourselves. So, we bring, we, so, we, so the metta practice helps us come back to balance back to a sense of ease. We, we turn that, that lens of metta towards ourselves, as I talked about last night. So it's a compassionate attention. It's a compassionate way we hold ourselves when we're in distress. And as that subsides, then at some point we can call to mind the person again, or we can call to mind somebody else, perhaps a friend or neutral person, and then back to the difficult person. So we, we, we're creative uh, in the practice. So we're not just, I'm going to send meta to this difficult person all day, whether it kills me. Uh, that's not going to get you anywhere and certainly won't allow the heart to open. So we have to listen to ourselves, listen to the heart. And it's fine just to do, to wish meta for the difficult person in short periods. You know, it doesn't have to be a long part of the practice, just as long as we can, uh, so we can either do shorter periods, come back to ourselves, come back to an easier category, so we can alternate, uh, so we don't get embroiled, don't get stuck. And what's lovely about doing this, and I've noticed this many, many times with many different people, myself, that uh, sometimes a profound shift can happen because our hearts open, there's more sensitivity, and we drop beneath a level of story and reactivity. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to love this person. I used to really like this person. We had a really nice connection. And then something happened and it went south. And so I think sometimes we can sometimes reconnect with just the innate goodness or connection that may have been there or may be possible to be there. So finding a comfortable posture, we'll start the practice, sitting at ease, sitting as an expression of kindness to your body, so finding a posture that really supports the body to open, relax, be at ease.
starting however you've been starting that most supports your practice, either starting with yourself, which we'll instruct today, softening the body, breathing into the heart, Connecting with a sense of goodness, good qualities in yourself. Just your wish to be happy. And then offering the phrases to yourself slowly, meaningfully, genuinely, allowing the sense of the and the meaning of the phrase to reverberate through your heart, through your body. Sensing the phrases arising from your heart. relaxed in your body. Letting the phrases arise from that soft, gentle openness.
going to mind the benefactor. Maybe the same person you've been using all week. Maybe perhaps a different person appears. Remembering whenever we we introduce a new person or shift to a different category, take a moment to sense, really call this person to mind, hold them in your heart, visualize them, that helps. Say their name. So we feel tangible presence. Something strong to hold the attention.
calling to mind a good friend.
bring to mind a neutral person. Bring them into your heart, sensing their wish to be happy. Where you have a strong sense of this person. As you extend the wish of kindness.
Now calling to mind a difficult person, someone you're having difficulty with. person to mind and to your heart, sensing them, sensing they too wish to be happy. Remembering that when Someone is acting in a way that's causing harm and suffering. Usually means because it's arising out of suffering. Connected to your heart. Offering wishes of kindness. Just as I wish to be safe, may you too be safe, be healthy, be happy, and live with ease. At any time it becomes too difficult or overwhelming, then temporarily let this person go, come back to yourself. Wishing matter for yourself or your own pain. And then when you feel ready, calling it back to mind, or going back to a friend or benefactor.
mind wander, gently bring it back to the sense of this person or whoever it is. Wishing metaphor, reconnecting with the phrases, with the intention. pain arising in your own heart, holding yourself with compassion, with tenderness. And finally expanding out the field of matter people sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you. to everybody in the room. everybody here at IMS in the surrounding area. May all beings, may all life be safe and protected, be healthy, be happy, and live with ease.
So, as you may have seen, working with a difficult person can often bring a lot of feeling up. Um, So, being sensitive to what's arising and remembering what I talked about last night about cultivating the compassionate heart and holding the, the difficulty or the pain or the sadness, holding ourselves, holding the person, holding the situation with compassion, with tenderness, and not forcing anything, not forcing yourself to be with this person that's difficult for too long. So um, you may find you have to experiment with a difficult person, that you may choose somebody and you realize oh, there's way too much emotion, it's way too difficult, and I'm going to find someone who's a little easier. Um, so be particularly sensitive and um, responsive to what's happening. And we're always remembering you can come back to a place that's more easeful for the heart, to yourself, to a benefactor, to a friend, whenever there's uh, too much distress. And you can also offer yourself a compassion phrase, may I be free of suffering, may I hold my suffering with ease if there's a lot of pain and, and distress. So any questions about your practice? working with a difficult person, yeah. Everybody hear the question? <clears throat> so she's working with a um, family member and uh, both having a genuine connection but also a sense of meanness, a sense of, sense of mean quality um, around their suffering or their wish to suffer. What, what happens when you're feeling that meanness? What's the, what's the experience like? You like it. <laughs> well, that's good to notice. <laughs> it's good to know where we're starting from. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, so the e- so the ego gets a certain satisfaction sometimes from those negative qualities, you know, even though underneath the liking it, actually, there's also pain, because there's separation, there's hurt, there's blame, and um, the heart's closed in some way when we're mean, and it's, and it's painful. If we feel into the quality of the meanness, even though 
there's a part of you that likes it, I would encourage you also just to feel feel what that's like. Really, really sense into the the closeness of your heart in that moment, and what the, what that feels like, and the implications of that. Uh, not to judge, just you know, it's it's, it's what is. Um, and then also to uh, <clears throat> you know, much as you might think that the person is suffering because they want to suffer, they're suffering. And the more we can connect with that piece too, that they're suffering, it also allows the heart at some point to open. So uh, they're suffering, our suffering, the suffering of the closed heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, all these mind states and feelings, you know, they we register them in the body. We feel them. They they have a resonance. Usually, some form of contraction and pain. So that's the body, you know, is a, is a support in noticing what our emotional attitude is and uh, the unpleasant or painful quality of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. So that she said that this practice also seems like a forgiveness practice, forgiving oneself, forgiving others. Yeah, and particularly when we uh, work with a difficult person where there's history uh, in our relationships, um, there's often what we're working with is hurt and grievances and pain that's come up from the past around what someone else has done or what we've done or what we've done together. Um, and forgiveness is one of those qualities that allows the heart to let go of the holding, let go of the tightness, let go of the, the, uh, the grudge or the, the, uh, the resentment. Um, and there's, in my experience, often forgiveness arises when the heart, when we do this practice the heart starts to soften starts to open a little bit and there's a and we can feel a sense of connection and often forgiveness arises quite naturally out of that there's a sense of oh we're both human we both probably co-created this situation and there's a way that we can let go but we first have to fully open and the the meta practice allows us to soften and open enough to feel, and then to let go. And um, there is a practice that uh, we sometimes teach around forgiveness that just uses some phrases that you can play with. That um, basically uh, is the asking of forgiveness of oneself for the harms that we've done to ourselves, for the harms that we've done to others and asking forgiveness um, of those who've done, offering forgiveness to those who've done harm to us. 
So uh, it is, it, it's an important piece of the practice, and mostly I think it happens organically. I did met a, I had a, uh, a mentor who uh, things went awry in our relationship, and it was very painful. Uh, uh, things happened very early in my practice, and I, 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 held, I held on to that pain for 10 years. It took me 10 years to work through with him as a difficult person. And finally, I was actually here sitting on a retreat and doing matter, and it just, the, the heart softened enough to let go of the pain, and forgiveness just was right there. So sometimes you want to jump to forgiveness, and it's too soon. Um, also doing this practice to people that are difficult or that there's been pain or hurt, we're not condoning harmful actions when we do this practice. We're not denying any pain that may have gone on, but we're saying, that is true, and I want you to be happy. I want you to be free of suffering. So we can hold both. It's not like we deny the reality that pain has happened. So the question's about um, the difficult person is his twin brother, and uh, it was a difficult relationship, so he had to um, break the connection, cut off contact, and was curious about what the Buddha would have to say about whether you have to stay open, and whether that energetically leaves you sort of exposed to to that. Uh, I don't know what the Buddha would say. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Actually, let me just dial dial Buddha woman. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's it's a great example of how complicated human relationships are. You know, and of course, with a twin brother, it's inc- incredibly intimate and deep connection you have. Um, and uh, there's not necessarily uh, a right way or a wrong way or the right answer. And it sounds like you've experimented both, both staying connected, doing a lot of meta practice, disconnecting contact. And um, but there's a residue when we cut contact with anybody, especially somebody as close as that. And so there's I'm sensing a desire to in you to find a way to stay open or connected, and yet also stay protected. And there's a place, as I mentioned the other day, about you know, being practicing metta and compassion doesn't mean that we become a doormat, doesn't mean that we can't have fierce compassion, and it doesn't mean that we can't have very appropriate boundaries and uh, a sense of uh, protectiveness and separ- 
appropriate separation. So it's so the so the meta practice sounds like for you is how do you really listen to what's appropriate for you in this relationship? What's what's appropriate for you to maintain distance so you feel uh, safe and protected, and at the same time be able to perhaps begin some kind of uh, connection. So um, I think it's it's whether the qualities of mindfulness and meta come together so much is that we we listen with a mindful awareness to what's true for us, to really pay attention to what's appropriate, to what we can handle, to what's skillful. And the meta also the meta brings in the quality of uh, kindness and connection within that relationship. What's what's our capacity? So. Um, I would just support you and to keep listening to what's true and with the inclination or the, the, the orientation towards what is the expression of kindness in that situation and it doesn't look any particular way. So there's no easy answer to that. But to pay attention to the pain that comes when the heart's closed. So we're out of time. Um, so it's another day for individual meetings, so please check the notice board for uh, your times. Um, and um, Maddie will be sitting in with me today. And again, um, if you don't feel comfortable in any way, it's fine just to, to mention that to me. And she'll sit out. So... Um, another full day of practice. We're really in the heart of the retreat and um, you've all done, put in a lot of effort, a lot of concentration, a lot of, a lot of practice to get where we are. So really keep maintaining that sense of continuity um, which is really supported by uh, saying of the phrases throughout the day, no matter what you're doing, sitting, walking, standing, eating, lying down, being outside, doing your, your work, meditation, Really uh, stay attuned to the quality of metta and also to the qualities I mentioned yesterday of compassion when suffering arises in yourself, when you see it in others, uh, allowing the heart to stay open to suffering and also to the quality of delight, of appreciating the happiness of others, uh, which is such a support, especially when we start... um, Incorporating more difficulty, it's important to bring balance to our hearts and mind. And so when, if it feels like today, because we're working with a difficult person, it gets too difficult and too dour, then back off, lighten up, come back to what's easiest so you can maintain a sense of energy and buoyancy. So enjoy the practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.